hope everybody's doing well. It's the Let's Talk Soccer Boys coming at you for Game Week 10. Yes. Hard to believe it, my friend. 10 weeks in already? It's crazy. We're, what, about a quarter of the way done with the season already, which kind of saddens me a little bit. I'm already, like, fast-forwarding to uh, the end of the season, and what are we going to do? At least for this past season, uh, last year, as chaotic and, and weird as it was, at least the the gap between the previous season and this season was short. It was, uh, you know, it was a pretty much months. just like, and also with Champions League, um, there was really no break. It was just, yeah, that happens and we just pick right back up. So, right. It's sort of going to be odd to have a long-ish break of actual like time off. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And speaking of uh, breaks and time off, of course, we just had the international break not too long ago, which, as we've all become used to now, uh, includes its fair share of injuries and isolations due to COVID exposure or testing positive or all the above. So, uh, thankfully, looks like everyone is more or less recovering from that. A couple key injuries uh, that we we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but what I thought we'd do today is talk about some of the, I guess, more popular um, topics that we've seen both on Instagram at the Let's Talk Soccer account as well as all over FPL Twitter. There's, there's a few topics of discussion right now as we go into game week 10. So I've made a little list and I figure we'll, we'll go through the list. Let's do it. Sound good. All right. First up is De Bruyne. And certainly he is considered as a captain option in game week 10. And there's really two schools of thought as far as he goes. One is um, City are facing Burnley. City do well against Burnley. He does well against Burnley. So why wouldn't I captain him? Or at the very least, even transfer him in. Uh, then the other school of thought, which is also a valid one, is uh, Man City look pretty weak right now. Especially attacking-wise, which is very unusual right. for them. Right. Uh, this is the, the team in previous seasons that takes the most shots, scores the most goals. You know, all of those good attacking stats that, that you want to see when choosing your captains or choosing the players that you're going to transfer in. So um, a little bit of a... Uh, of a, a weird situation with City players of is and this happens week after week. It has since really game week two when they had their first game of the season is, um, okay, this time, this is the week they're finally going to break through and the team's going to find its form, right? And that's been sort of a recurring theme and they haven't yet done that. And that's the worrying <clears throat> thing, especially with someone like De Bruyne where he really so since he's mainly the person giving the service right other than the penalties really um yeah he needs some someone to be decently clinical which hasn't been the case this season absolutely and, and the spurs game the last game that city played in week nine is the perfect example of that uh, i don't know the the stats off the top of my head although we did post those that was uh, only like 22 <laughs> shots or something for city yeah and, and de bruyne's performance was extremely solid very, very solid key passes, chances created, uh, expected assists. You know, all of all the the key underlying stats that you would expect from De Bruyne were there. That wasn't the issue. The issue was the, the finishing, um, the shots on target, and of course the actual finishing, which is a problem. Now, uh, Jesus is back and fit, 
Aguero back and fit. So perhaps that changes things um, in cities. Champions League game last night. Sterling had a good game too, so maybe he's finding some form. To me, this is just a confidence thing for this team. <clears throat> they're not used to being in a spot like this. They're yeah, kinda, they're used to sort of just dominating. Yeah, they're almost shell-shocked in a way. Um, if anybody's going to pull them back in, I think it's De Bruyne, who is certainly the, the leader on the pitch there for them and, and kind of the, the quarterback of that team. Pep rested um, De Bruyne and Aguero, but we're talking about De Bruyne right now, rested him in um, the Champions League match. So <clears throat> that's a good thing, assuming that it is a legitimate rest. The, the comments that we've read from Pep um, confirm or at least indicate that it is a genuine rest and it's not um, you know, a slight injury or injury worry um, or <clears throat> self-isolation or anything along those lines. So that's good news if that's true. So a Because um, this game has everything written on it that says this should be, uh, that we should captain a City player. Um, De Bruyne is rested. De Bruyne has been playing well, even though those around him haven't necessarily been. Um, they're at home to Burnley, and sounds like Nick Pope is likely to miss the game. And I think that was the almost the exact words of um, of Dyche during his press conference this morning, uh, which we're recording this on uh, Thursday, the twenty sixth. So we've got one day until the the game week ten deadline. Um, but said that Pope is uh, likely to miss now. Could that be a, maybe a little bit of a head game? We know Pep likes to do that. Mourinho likes to do that. Um, is this Dyche trying to uh, lure Pep into a, a sense, a false sense of um, security. security here? And yeah. maybe even playing a lesser team. Because we know Pep is the manager great who point. will not start just one team after another. Right. That's like a he great just, point. He'll put Gundo on a striker because yeah. he... He feels secure. Yeah, it's a and gimme. That that could be a tactic. It could be a tactic of trying to give him the security to play a lesser team, in meaning Burnley have a better chance. I agree. I agree completely. Um, <clears throat> the opposing teams have seen what works against City. It's just kind of parking the bus and <clears throat> and going on the counterattack. When possible, and you can win 1-0, 2-1, or something along those lines, or maybe even just walk away with a point. So, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Pope start. <clears throat> but let's assume for a moment that he doesn't. Um, you know, all indications, except for the fact that City just aren't finishing their chances, uh, all things point towards uh, De Bruyne captaincy, in my mind. I think <clears throat> right now he's... My first choice in my head, although there are, like like last week, there are lots of good, uh, compelling captain options. We'll talk about those in a few minutes. But, um, but I do like De Bruyne in this game. I do like Sterling in this game. And honestly, for those that are maybe willing to take a little bit of a risk, I like Aguero. I think Aguero starting could be just what City need here to get things kick-started. And that's what we've all been waiting for. So um, Aguero did play in uh, Champions League, came on later in the game. I think he played 20, 25 minutes or so, uh, <clears throat> which is good. So to me, that says uh, Pep may play him for 60, 65 minutes. 
over the weekend. So, um, all right, De Bruyne is our first topic. Um, I think we've we've covered him pretty well. Um, let's jump then to Salah. So another player that, by all accounts, is worthy of the captain's armband this week and certainly worthy of being transferred in, especially for those that maybe transferred him out for a game or those that have been waiting to transfer him in. Um, they are away to Southampton, I believe, um, which bodes well considering, as most people know uh, and talk about, um, sorry, they're away to Brighton, my bad. Uh, Liverpool are away to Brighton. And so same same concept holds, though. Um, Mo tends to do better in away games. So uh, this has a lot of good things written on it. <clears throat> now, the only problem is that um, he's been out with COVID, self-isolating, so he's not maybe in 100% match fitness. That might have shown a little bit last night in Liverpool's Champions League game where they actually lost. Pretty convincingly um, <clears throat> as well. I don't think they had a shot on target. No, they didn't. Uh, at least from what I saw, and certainly Mane, Mo, and Yota, who came on later in the game, didn't. Um, so, a little concerning, right? Not taking the, the greatest form into this game. Might have just been a fluke for Liverpool. They were bound to lose at some point, lose at home at some point. You can't keep that going forever. So, maybe this is the spark that Salah needs to really pull it together. So, I think he's a he's another interesting one that isn't that I at least don't have a hundred percent confidence in. Kind of like De Bruyne, there's you know enough of a shadow of doubt that just doesn't make him the obvious um, transfer pick or the obvious captain's pick this weekend. And there's even the sense that uh, or the question of whether he'll start for sure or not. Um, Yota's been playing well. Uh, we saw what happened when Mane and Salah were on the pitch together last night, and again, could have been a fluke, but um, but they neither of them performed especially well. So is this a case where maybe Klopp doesn't rush Salah back to playing a full ninety and uh, and starts Yota and brings Mo off? Yeah, Mo we've seen how we've the... seen how effective Yota's been, especially with them in a sort of new system they played with, sort of in a way four up top. Yep. Um, We've seen it's effective for Yota, yeah, but not necessarily for the other right, three, right? Um, and so not it's just sort of them trying to figure out each other, right? So, and that actually brings to then the next topic, so we can kind of combine these two is Yota and <clears throat> him being a transfer target for a lot of people. A lot of people have already transferred him in. A lot more are thinking about it or maybe doing it right as we're listening to this podcast, um, <clears throat> and. So the question is with him, does Klopp start his arguably most informed player this weekend <coughs> Excuse me, at Brighton, um, or does he bring him off the bench, which is mostly what he's done because you know Klopp, as, as good a manager as he is, he's a little hard-headed about starting Firmino, right? Um, he loves what Bobby does out on the pitch, and so Klopp favors that front three of Salah, Firmino, and Mane, where does Yota fit into that? So does he play a front four instead of a front three? Is that the right sort of shape 
for Liverpool to be at its best. Um, you know, there's a lot of question marks about that. So with Yota, it's similar to what the uh, the conversation was around Foden at the beginning of the season. Is um, <clears throat> he certainly is in form? He can certainly do some damage in in you know few minutes coming off the bench sometimes. Um, as an owner, you're hopeful that he starts, but you also need to be a little bit comfortable with the fact that maybe he doesn't start every game. <clears throat> and I think that's the case with Yota too. Is um, <clears throat> he has rewarded his owners very well um, the past couple few game weeks, but will that continue, um, or does he come off more as a as a, a bench player? So I guess it remains to be seen. But I'm not entirely convinced that he starts regularly. Yes, yeah, especially just the thing is, regardless of how, um, as you were saying, regardless of how much in form he is. Klopp does have a system he likes to right. play where yeah. there are players he has to have in his team, like Firmino. Yeah. Right. Regardless of how they are playing right. as well. And does having Yota in affect how Salah and even Mane perform? I haven't done an analysis, but it certainly seems like, uh, you know, if there's only so many chances that are, are doled out in a game that Yota potentially takes away a couple or a few uh, from the other front three or four players, depending on how Klopp is playing. So, um, you know, I don't know if Yota does more harm than good if you're a, a Salah or a Mane owner or if he's if he's helpful in that way. But I think um, my thought on him is uh, great player, good to own him, but much like Foden or even Ferran Torres now, um, just be okay with the fact that he may come off the bench relatively frequently. So I think that's it on, on Yota. Next topic that's been discussed a lot is Man City defenders. They've got a great run of fixtures coming, and there's a lot of conversation going on between which one to pick. Is it is it Cancelo or is it Diaz? And the argument or the discussions, as I've seen, kind of go like this. Uh, the the pro Diaz side say, well, he's a consistent starter. So in a in a system with Pep, where uh, no there's no um, nailed on player except for Ederson, really, and maybe De Bruyne to an extent, um, you got to go with the the defender that's more of a sure thing in terms of starting week in and week out. Uh, and then the pro Cancelo side is. Uh, he is an, a great uh, attacking asset as a defender, which he is. His numbers are, are quite impressive. Um, but now that Mendy is fit and Zinchenko are, is fit too, uh, does Cancelo run the risk of being rotated? My thought on it is this, and this is what I've commented back to a lot of uh, people on our Instagram pages. Um, until... Pep shows that he's going to rotate Cancelo. I don't think you can go with that assumption. Who knows what Pep is going to do? In my mind, uh, if I'm a manager, I want to go with my informed players, especially if I'm Pep right now where City are just kind of floundering yeah. and can't get a rhythm going. Why would I take out one of my uh, more uh, promising attacking weapons in Cancelo? Uh, 
Cancelo played last night in the Champions League game, so there's also that concern that he played 90 minutes, and now he's definitely not going to play for the weekend. I love when when people use the word definitely um, as if they've got some inside track with with Pep or any of the the Premier League managers. Who knows what he's definitely going to do? I don't even think he knows what he's going to do yet. Um, and just because a player plays 90 does not mean that he's not going to play in the, the league game that following exactly. weekend. I mean, after all, we did see just a couple of months ago players play pretty yeah. much three games a week. It happens all the time. So that's like saying every player that played Champions League this weekend, let's or this week, let's say that played 80-plus minutes, is definitely not going to start this weekend. Exactly. Like the, They need a team. They can't just... Right. Like there's, the the reason they're the best players is because they're consistent and right. That does mean their fitness levels are extremely high, and especially for defenders, they're arguably running less. And I know that a that a, a left back and a right back run more than center backs do. But um, again, Cancelo has the form. Uh, Mendy didn't look great for City last night in the Champions League game. Uh, Zinchenko hasn't really been tried out much yet. I think he came on for a little bit. Uh, so in a game where you have to get three points, I don't know why you wouldn't go out with with your best 11. The thing is also with someone like Mendy is, as you said, they they haven't really been tried out a ton. And also, right. when they have, it's not really like they've been really good. Right. And so the argument with Mendy, too, is... Well, Cancelo's a right-footed left-back, and Mendy's a left-footed left-back, so uh, surely Pep will want to go with the left-footed player. And again, I say, look at, look at the numbers. Uh, if you look at the numbers alone, don't try to read Pep's mind, because that's you know futile to try to do that. Um, I, I almost think Cancelo is uh, as close a sure thing you know, using air quotes as as Diaz is this weekend. But maybe I'm wrong. So my sense is if you have Cancelo, um, hold him until, like I said, until Pep proves us owners wrong. And then you can reassess and you can just make a sideways move to Diaz if that's what you want to do. Uh, if you're looking to buy one of the two, then you got to ask yourself what you're most comfortable with. If there is a little uncertainty around Cancelo, and I don't know that there is, it's just like happens every single game week and every single season in uh, the FPL community on social media, someone plants the seed of a thought and a lot of people sort of give credence to it and it just takes a life of its own and people take it and run without even really thinking through it. Uh, You know, a lot of people just sort of uh, spit back what they've heard is, well, Pep doesn't want a, a left, a right-footed left back, and Mendy's back, so that certainly means that that Cancelo is going to be rotated. Who knows if that's actually true? I mean, sometimes we just gotta think logically through this and and really think about it for a second instead of just taking whatever we've read on social media as gospel. Because I, I just don't know that that's the case. Again, he may rest Cancelo. But it may not be for any of those reasons. It may just be Cancelo's tired. It might be that uh, Cancelo showed up late for a a team meeting and and Pep wants to prove a point to him. Who knows what it it might be. Um, It could just be a tactical thing. And who knows? This is also Pep we're talking about, where 
pretty much any he can bench you for any reason he wants. Right. There's there's no logic yeah, to it, it, or it at least that we can see. It literally can just be like, I want to try this. Like right. He he doesn't give reasoning that is just so all right. Like as we would think normal. So I would suggest going like using the numbers, look at the underlying stats, and think through it as logically as you can because it's all a guess. Listen, every player that you're going to put in your starting 11 is a best guess, right? Some may be more, quote-unquote, nailed on than others, but um, but it's all still a guess because a manager can make any decision that he wants for any reason he wants. So, um, you know, you just got to sort of roll the dice and, and not analyze it to death. Uh, because I think that will be the undoing, and you'll end up choosing the safe team and uh, a team that has no differentials at all, and you just sort of slowly move along through the season with no real gains whatsoever. Now, if you're in the top 1,000 right now and you want to hold ranks, I get it. Um, I would probably choose the most owned, most popular players too, but for those that don't, that either want to make big moves or just want to have some fun with it and and make decisions on your own then then go with what you think is best there's you know this isn't life or death um it's all for fun it yeah it it sucks seeing a red arrow for sure but you know if you're making decisions that that you feel good about and you can justify you know even in your own head then who cares what everybody else on uh, Instagram or on Twitter or or anywhere in your your mini leagues, whatever it is, says who cares? You shouldn't care about that, <clears throat> in my humble opinion. All right, next big topic: whether to drop Kane, drop Son, or drop both, or hold one <clears throat> or both of them. Any thoughts for you on that? Um. Well, I mean, it's. It's tough because it's hard to say, like, it's hard to give an answer saying that's, like, justifiable for both sides. Right. Like, you could just say, look how they've been playing. Exactly. That's just simple. Right. Simple as, just keep them. It is black and white as far as form goes. Yeah, like, it's, the numbers show it. Right. They've been probably the best two players in the league. Uh-huh. But then yeah. also, you, you do have to think... Does that have to do with something with them having the easier matchups at the start of the season? Right. You know, and and Spurs just just beat City in in week nine. So yeah, I mean there have definitely been some some more sort of gimme types of of games, but it's like you said, it's hard to argue with with the productivity that they've had out on the pitch. I mean, I don't know how you can can throw away either of those players quite honestly I don't think it's it's hard to say that you can I know that uh, Bruno right now is the the shiny new object because of his performance last week uh, I know people want to get to point him back maybe they want Yota maybe they want Vardy um, <clears throat> I get all that Werner whoever it may be but in my opinion I think you got to stick and this was uh, <clears throat> we uh, had a little Q&A today with uh, some of the, the Let's Talk Soccer community on our Instagram page, and our response when asked this question was, um, in my opinion at least, you got to hold them until the form drops. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, form over fixtures, yeah, I get it. But but these are players too, and I hate this term, but I'll use it, fixture-proof, right? I mean, they just both put up uh, <clears throat> attacking returns against Man City uh, last week. And so, you know, these are world-class players. Um, yes, they face Chelsea next, but Chelsea give up goals, right? Every team gives up goals. So um, I, I think it's one of those things where it's a luxury to make those transfers. Um, if you have no other sort of uh, pressing needs in your team, then, <clears throat> then maybe, maybe you do one. If you own both, maybe you do one. Um, but... You know, uh, yeah, Vardy has some nice fixtures coming up, and he's got some decent form, but but not better than not better than Kane. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's hard to find a midfielder. Maybe Yota is the only midfielder that has form currently that's comparable to Sun. So uh, I don't know. My my advice is hold them if you got them. Oh uh, yeah, I would probably lean to that side a bit more as well. But you know, and this game too is about is about finding form and jumping on the form at the beginning of it, right? Sometimes it's a little bit of a guess. Um, sometimes you see a game and you say, okay, that player looks great. I'm going to go ahead and, and jump on him. Uh, and sometimes it's about j transferring out the players that you think are about to lose their form. So if there's something in your gut that says, you know, Sun or Kane or both of them look like they're about to kind of drop in form, then maybe it is the time to get rid of them. But that's something that you need to kind of assess on your own too. Sometimes we just want to offer up um, sort of uh, differences of, of thought in all this and ways to kind of assess a situation uh, versus just a one-dimensional sort of decision. You know, we like to add a little uh, context and, and dimension to these so that you can think through all those. So, uh, you know, you got to think about what the reasons are that you may want to transfer these players out. Is it just because you think Vardy or, or Bruno or Mo or Yota are going to do well coming up? Is it a fixtures thing that you're worried about? Like, what is it that is prompting you to maybe consider transferring them out? But, um, if it's me, I would have a really hard time uh, transferring them out. And some managers just feel compelled that if they have a free transfer, they got to use it. And if they have two free transfers, well, if I don't use one of them, I have to, I'm going to lose that. So they feel compelled to use that free transfer when it's okay to just let one burn. Yeah, if you don't have a transfer or you don't have a player that you feel like you must get rid of, you don't have to change your team. All right, next topic is Luca Dean. Uh, mentioned him for a quick second. It's confirmed by Everton that he sustained an ankle ligament injury, I believe it was. Could be out for up to two months. I don't think they know yet whether it's going to require surgery. So there is no official timeline put on it yet, but he is certainly going to be out for at least a couple or a few games, I'd imagine. So we posted on the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page some potential replacements. We can go through a couple of them here. One that we didn't put on um, on our Instagram page is Telus, and I think he is worthy of of being named in this group of potentials. So we'll say Telus. 
Uh, of pl other players of sort of a similar uh, price point, there's Cancelo and Diaz, of course. Um, there's Chilwell and Reese James. I think we've got um, a few good options there. Remember, you don't have to do like for like in terms of of prices. Um, you could go um, a little lower, like a Cresswell. Uh, there's Pereira, who is going to come back to Leicester City at some point. He's not back yet, it seems. Leicester City are playing their Europa League game right now, and he wasn't named in the in the, the team sheet at all. Um, but he's one to keep an eye on. Um, so there's a few right there. Plus, you can go cheaper with players like uh, Walker Peters, Lamptey. He'll be ready again in Week 11 if you want to just get him and put him on your bench. Uh, Masuaku, Kofal. I mean, there's there's a lot of good defensive options. So, um, but there's a few there that we wanted to um, to toss out. All right, um, last couple items here. <clears throat> players to watch. Uh, some players that we think uh, are promising both in week ten and moving forward. De Bruyne, we've talked about. I think. He is, I feel like he is going to get things going. I think he's going to have a, a big week 10. I really do. Um, <clears throat> Sterling as well. Sterling was unlucky not to uh, have put some away uh, last night and recently. So I think, uh, and we know that he's a bit of a streaky sort of player. So I think Sterling is certainly one to watch. Um, <clears throat> Vardy for sure. And I know that he's a popular uh, not only transfer target, but captain option this weekend. Cancelo, we've named him a few times. <clears throat> I say go for it. Um, Antonio, not declared fit yet, but sounds like he will be soon. Uh, Moyes has his press conference on Friday before the deadline. So <clears throat> certainly one to watch because I think he is an excellent option. Um, and I really am tempted to strongly consider replacing Bamford with Antonio, although Bamford's played great, so I don't know. Similar to the Kane and Son thing, like, do we really want to drop him? But, man, I really like Antonio as an option. Uh, his teammate, Masuaku, probably of the um, more popular West Ham defenders, I think he's probably the third most talked about. It's Cresswell, Kofal, and then Masuaku. You look at Masuaku's... Uh, underlying attacking numbers and he is a standout for sure especially if you can't afford Cresswell and then someone who hasn't been talked about a lot yet but he was back for Champions League is Havertz I know Ziyech has gotten all the press uh, in that Chelsea midfield but Havertz is back and he might join in the fun there sooner than later so if you're willing to take a, a bit of a risk he may be the one to go with um Let's see. And then um, last couple of things here. Captain options. I think we've named a couple already. KDB, Sterling, Vardy, and Salah. Yep. All great ones. Um, in terms of other options, um, I think if you have Mane, you could go Mane, Yota. Again, if you're willing just to be a little comfortable with the fact that he might not start, I think he's a great option. I think Calvert-Lewin is a great option. And even Richarlison uh, for the fact that Leeds 
concede a lot of goals, right? They are a high-pressing, forward-charging sort of team, which leaves them exposed in the back. Without Luca Dean, it is a little more difficult, maybe, and they Calvert-Lewin won't get quite the service that he has. But certainly with with James and Richarlison back, I think that that certainly helps offset the loss of Dean. So I think um, I think uh, Calvert-Lewin is a great option there. Um, Bruno, who performs better away than at home, much like Salah, uh, is away to Southampton. I think he's a good option. I think Rashford is going to find his form this weekend, too. And then, um, I mean, if you're really, really willing to take a risk, I think Antonio could be it could uh, pay off well. a, uh, an under-the-radar captain option there. Let's go through the scout selection real quick, and then we're going to go through our team, our teams, and then uh, we're going to wrap it up here. So scout selection, this is posted on the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page, so check us out. Uh, in goal, he has Johnstone, who uh, is home to Sheffield United. He's a back three of Van Anholt, home to Newcastle, Cancelo, home to Burnley, and Cresswell, home to Austin Villa. He has uh, four in midfield. Bruno, away to Southampton. De Bruyne, home to Burnley. Yota, away to Brighton. And Mahrez, home to Burnley. That's a little bit of a sneaky one there, so we'll see how that goes. And then his three forwards, Vardy, who's home to Fulham. Calvert-Lewin, as we mentioned, home to Leeds. And then Bamford is... Uh, away to Everton, who also tends to leak gold. So Bamford may be a, a good differential captain option, too. Um, the scout chose De Bruyne as his captain and Bruno as his vice. Pretty understandable there. You want to go through your team? Yes. So, uh, in goal, I have Martinez mm -hmm. going against West Ham. Uh, my back three, Chilwell against Spurs, mm -hmm. Masuaku uh, against Villa mm -hmm. and Kinsella. Nice. Um, my four midfield, I have De Bruyne as my captain. Mm -hmm. I have Bruno, uh, Ziyech, and Salah as my vice. And then up top, I have Ollie Watkins, Mope, and Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I think we need to ditch Mope either for <clears throat> Bamford or yeah. Antonio. Um, but that's a, that's a good team. Uh, and then for our shared team, the one that we... We discuss on our uh, Instagram page um, is Martinez in goal, a back three of Chilwell, Cancelo, and Masuaku. Uh, five in the middle, we've got Mo as our vice, Grealish, Ziyech, Bruno, and De Bruyne as our captain currently. Um, and then up top, we've got two. We've got Bamford and Calvert-Lewin. <clears throat> All right. And, and we still have a free transfer to use for our shared team that we just read. Not sure, honestly, if if we want to use it uh, unless we hear something in um, one of the, the manager's press conferences tomorrow. One last thing. Um, all of these injuries, uh, all of these COVID isolations and positive tests and stuff, it really, really underscores how important it is for two things. One, to have a playing bench, players that start regularly. Two points is better than no points, right? I think we've pretty much <clears> said this every single week. Like, If you don't have a bench that doesn't yeah. play, what are you doing? You must have one. Exactly. At least 
of your outfield players, at least two, at least two. Um, and then um, the second point is try not to make those transfers so early in the week, guys. Uh, you look at players or uh, managers who transferred in Zaha, uh, especially those that transferred in Luca Dean. Uh, look at him now; he's out, and he was a he had a great uh, match last weekend, and he was a very popular uh, transfer in. And now that's all for nothing. So it's a wasted transfer. So really wait. Those the the price increases decreases don't mean a thing if the player uh, that you just transferred in is um, is no longer available to you. So sit on those as long as you can. Uh, to our listeners in the United States, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're gonna go have some dinner with family here soon. So we hope everybody has a safe and happy Thanksgiving for our, our listeners in the States. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out on Instagram at Let's Talk Soccer. And wish you guys the best of luck and nothing but green arrows in week 10. So until next time, we say peace. Peace. And goodbye.